It's Shark Week! <laughs> Don't bring it back right away. First thing in the podcast to bring back the ham horn. Uh, Shark Week! How can we not? How can we not bring it back? We got the official, you know, unofficial, official, official, unofficial sponsor sponsorship from Ham Horn. We promised them every segment. Horns. Anyway. Shout out Ham Horn. Yeah, how, else, how else you gotta burst into, into the room with some excitement for Shark Week, Nick? That's true. Uh, I love Shark Week. Although I think the Ham Horn, you know, we might be losing listeners with the uh, Ham Horn we're using in here. Not that I don't like Ham Horn, but... Uh... <laughs> yeah. So moving on. Shark Week, off to a bang. Uh, I take that back. It was off to an absolute flop. Yeah. Because, you know, the initial beginning of Shark Week, we had Phelps v. Great White Shark. We had Great White Hope versus Great White Shark. Exactly, you know, and really what it came down, in my mind, I'm, I'm like to see an actual shark in that water next to Phelps. 100%. And that was the biggest issue. We had Phelps racing an animated shark, a video game shark, no real danger, and he loses by two seconds. Complete letdown all the way around. Like, what are we doing? It let down America. There's obviously a win for the sea, a win for Atlantis. Yeah. Uh, they had a shark listed as South African. I don't. I'm not buying that. He's obviously a creature of the sea, possibly Atlantis. I don't know. I haven't. Uh, hasn't we been specified. Our, but yeah. It's not we South haven't Africa. seen his birth certificate. Um. Yeah. We haven't checked his age. There's a lot of questions yeah. about this. Shark. I just don't want this to be the last memory we have of Michael Phelps, you know, a great American hero. And, well, uh, you know, and this maybe he should have been better. This is kind of like a, a lesson. This is a lesson for Floyd Mayweather because you know he took he retired. They took on one more fight against someone, you know, kind of as equal in a different ring. What it's very similar to Phelps very here. Wow. Going against, you know, coming out of retirement, said, Hey, I can battle anyone in any sport, including Great White Shark. And then he obviously gets his ass kicked, so yeah. maybe just something for, for Floyd to think about. It is. Maybe um, next thing you know, it might yeah. be Floyd laying on the on the canvas. Yeah, I would say it's something for him to, to read up on, but you know. <laughs> anyway. Hold on. Yeah, thank you. Uh, very active ham horn. Yeah. I feel like someone who would not be a fan of ham horn, especially in the locker room, would be RG3. Jesse? Uh, I think Jesse would be a fan yeah. of this news here. I think that's his boy RG3, back in the news, back in the league, possibly with the Chargers here in LA. Jesse, what do you think about this? Okay, well, first of all, RG3 hasn't been my boy for a while. <laughs> he uh, is your boy forever. Uh, because of how much you loved him. I did. Well, he, he was so great for us. I've been meaning to look up some of your hot takes on RG3 on Twitter. Man, there's... Some... I, and I'm going to give you... I shouldn't have told you because I'm going to give you a chance to go back and delete these. Because you know... I'm not, gonna, I'm not a tweet deleter. You you're not that. a Sakramucci? You're not no, a, like... Not a, for, yeah, Scaramucci that, that ate me. Here, for all transparency, I'm deleting tweets? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a, de- a tweet deleter. You can go back, RT yeah. me, you know what I'm saying? If you want to go back to 2012 on my timeline and spend an hour going back to the, getting to those tweets, I, go for first it. First off, I looked up how to look up old tweets. Second off, I already looked through all my old tweets and deleted pretty much every bad one. Yeah, me Wait, too. Me too. Yeah. I didn't know you could look up old tweets. Yeah, and there's, I'm not there's websites for there's it. There's websites yeah. teach how to do it. It's very easy. And it's oh, amazing. Well, do that. Every time a celebrity does this, like it's, you know, someone who gets brought into the forefront, I'm like so ahead of that. If I ever get famous, my tweets are so deleted. Is this... All the terrible shit I said when I was, you know, in this ninth grade tweeting, fuck you, Jesse. And <laughs> yeah, like, that was awful for a whole, whole year. Yeah, just the... profanity at Jesse and Joe. Sully wouldn't, didn't want to get on Twitter. He was a, an avid Twitter hater. Yeah. And wow. he would get on about once a month. Initial, just initial thoughts on Twitter. To rip on me and Joe, who were way ahead of the game <laughs> yeah. and been on Twitter, been knowing about it. 
Um, but is it as easy? Do you have to look up like a phrase? I'm not gonna tell you because I want to look your tweets up. Or I'm not gonna delete them. For Please. anyone listening, it's like you you type in like your name in parentheses, and then something else like. Um, so you have to you know find, what you, you tweet. can find like a date range. You, or yeah, you gotta find a date range. Oh, or okay. you, can, you can search like, a keyword. You know, like, I searched my name and fuck. And then, like, anything, I was like, ah, oh, this is probably I bad. Probably shouldn't do this one. You know, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I want to delete these. Yeah, that was a very embarrassing experience when I did that. Oh, it yeah. It was tweets. brutal. I did it. I did, it was... It's something everyone should do, though, especially people our age, because, like, it's we're true. really yeah. the only generation that has to deal with this. Like, can you imagine what, like, George W. Bush would have tweeted out if he had that shit? And he was a president, you know? So, if there's any chance of getting, like, a, the next big boy job, I feel like we gotta be, you gotta be on top of this. Yeah, I had, I had Time Hop, and I, you know, I, you couldn't delete tweets from Time Hop, but I would see all my tweets yeah, from, like, yeah, yeah. eight years ago, yeah. and I'm like, man, that was just, like, I'm, I'm lame. Yeah, <laughs> that was all that. Like, like, I, I get that more. That's the basic conclusion I get there, that yeah. more in my Facebook, like, things I Facebook see. ones, yeah. Like, not even the memories. So I'll just, like, run across some things, like, what are you doing, bud? Back yeah. when Facebook says, like, you always had to have an is before your status. It's like, oh, Nick yeah. is go yeah, Dodgers. Yeah, I've seen that a lot. Is go Dodgers, yeah. <laughs> Brutal. Um, but I guess, you know, Facebook, and, and back there, you could say that we were a little more uncensored. And I think someone who, who really kept it real this week was Richard Sherman. The reporter that was uh, interviewing Richard Sherman asked him if he uh, called Russell Wilson in practice. Told him to you know, shut up, basically. And he was like, yeah, absolutely did that. And pretty much just got to the point about the Seahawks just not being big fans of Russell Wilson all the time and kind of asking him to step up his game. Which I think is kind of like an unkept secret at this point, you know? Yeah. I feel like everyone just kind of knows that a lot of the players on the team are tired of him acting a certain way or maybe, you know, you see it all the time on Twitter, just kind of like him getting roasted. And to a certain degree, that is a reality, I'd say, for Russell Wilson. Well, we were talking about this off the air, our just basic opinions about yeah. Russell Wilson. Um, but like you said, Sully, he hasn't gotten a lot of hate over the years mm-hmm. from the media, from his, I guess, apparently his own teammates now. But amongst us, what do you guys, what do you guys think of Russell Wilson? Because I personally don't have much beef with him. I think he's fine. I don't... I don't really understand why people. He's are. lame and he's overrated. Yeah, I just don't like. He's not. He's not. I don't know. He's pretty good. He's had some good moments, good years. He's not terrible. He's starting. Yeah, yeah Marshawn Lynch is one of the best defenses in. Yeah, that's true. The history of the still, NFL. He's also still like a good, you know, mobile quarterback. He's makes like, plays. This is what I said off air too. He's a, he's a little better game manager that can run. He's with yeah. Sierra. I mean. That's, yeah, that's, that's another reason why people yeah, hate that's, that's like no, I'm I, I would give him props for that. I, like, Yo, we are fu- I, I don't even like Future's music that much. I'm Future Hive on this. He's taking care of Future's kid for him. Is that, who wins that battle right there? And I, this is a serious question. I don't know. if it's, I think it's a Future thing there. I mean, Future, you know, still, he has to go downstairs every day. This is what my brother always brings up. Hey, Archie, a really big Future fan. Every day Russell Wilson goes downstairs, he has to look Future's son in the face, whose name is also Future. Say good morning. <laughs> Morning, Fuge. Morning, little Fuge. I mean, there's no nickname you can really get at that point that's not going to yeah. remind you of future in your house every single day for the rest of your life. I, I mean, I still think with Sierra, that's going to override anything else. I mean, I don't Are you big big on Sierra? Yeah, I think Sierra's great. <laughs> you want to care to elaborate Great looking, that? great looking. Uh, you know, I've enjoyed some of her music. Uh, What's your favorite Sierra song? Because <sighs> you don't know one. I do. There's, it's it's embarrassing. It's talking about how we like used to go back in our old tweets and it's just like it. a Sierra thing. <laughs> yeah, like a chain of Sierra tweets. There's no. like two. There's like there's two. That, there's that old. There's that old Sierra ride. Song. The ride music video. Ride music video, <laughs> and there's one two step. Goodies isn't yeah. that good. Yeah. You yeah. can't name another Sierra song. 
That's okay. Those were hits back in the day, and I stand by them. I stand by Sierra, and so, I'm happy for Russell Wilson, and I don't have any beef with him. Getting back to the Richard Sherman, he his, like the quote that everyone is saying too is that he said basically what he told me sucked, threw the ball back at him in the interview. He said iron sharpens iron, and yeah. that was the reason he acted that way, which I think is a fair point. Yeah, but at the same time, is Russell Wilson iron? You know, because no. there, there are players that are like you know iron sharpen iron when that you're within that mentality. Some players need to be treated with a softer touch. And I would feel like probably Russell Wilson's close to that category. I don't know, personally. But, uh... He's soft. Know. He just he sees lame. But at the same time, we've talked about this too, just he, is, he comes up clutch, and he, he seems to perform better in bigger games. So maybe that is... He's a, he's a good big-game quarterback. There's something to separate that on and off the field. I don't know. It's it's an interesting, interesting dynamic with Russell Wilson. I personally, not the biggest fan... Hard to take away from what he's done on the field to a certain degree, as you said, with the defense at Marshawn Lynch. It's a lot easier to win football games, but and he's had a good line. And then you notice, like, and I'm not saying you have you're not a great quarterback unless you compete with a bad line. But last year he didn't have a good line, and he's just running for his life the whole season. Like he he's not great when he doesn't have time, you know. And and receivers like he didn't have any incredible receivers last year. It was Doug Baldwin, and that's like pretty much it. Like there's. You don't have Marshawn. You don't have the defense isn't as good as it used to be. Your line isn't as good as it used to be. This is when you got to step up and be that franchise dude that everybody's trying to say you are because you won a Super Bowl. Yeah, it's definitely be that be that dude. Definitely He's not. I think the rest of the way for his career is that it will be much more defining than the first four years. Yeah. I mean, obviously it's crazy. Did he win as a rookie? I believe. Super I think it was his second year. Second year. I, I mean, first two years impressive to win a Super Bowl with or without the team that he had. You know, whatever you want to make of that. But uh, welcome back to Cautiously Optimistic. What up? Cautiously Optimistic, my favorite podcast of all time. Uh, you know, I had to start the show with a little football, but uh, we're, we're going to get it back on track. We've been doing all summer. I'm Sully Angles. I'm Nick Gostel. We did this again. Man, we did this again. Uh, we need to figure out who to say. Who, you always go first. Sully always goes first. And then Jesse and I have some struggles. I stopped, I stopped there to give it to you. Yeah. This is and then you didn't go. Pre-show discussion. So yeah. I'm Jesse Brummel. I'm Nick Gostler. I'm Sully Angles. And we'll get better at this. And I'm Jesse Brummel. <laughs> I'm Robert Ingles now. I'm your Rumpert. And Rumpert. Rumpert uh, Sullivan Edward Ingles. Well, anyway. it's uh, one of Sully's least favorite phrases. Episode 23, also known as the Jordan episode, if you will. Jordan year, Jordan everything 23. Sully. It gets a handhorn. Wow, it gets a handhorn. I was not expecting that. Baseball is the handhorn. Just moving straight into baseball. Moving straight into baseball. You know, yeah. that. I don't, I'll, I'll clear I'll clarify on that. I don't necessarily hate the term Jordan here. I just hate how 23, no matter what you're doing, associated with the Jordan thing, you know? I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense, but it's also just like, it's getting played out, you know? There's only so many so many things you can do with it. Well, yeah, I think if you're doing, like, the most with it, like, you got, I mean, throw up that grand Jordan year. 100%. You got to do that. Yeah. 24, you do the same thing. Kobe year. You know, and we if you got the grain when you're eight, throw it out too. Kobe year part one. <laughs> yeah, first Kobe year. Yeah. Uh, the real question is, oh, we discussed this too before. Twenty five. Yeah, twenty five. We don't. What's the twenty five? Like Reggie year? Bush was twenty five with the Saints, but he's five. Forever. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, there's there is no other one. There's one player. The great, one of the, there is one great player that wore twenty five, but we're obviously not going to associate with him very much. Oh close. yeah. Oh no. We're not going to have a great. What a McGuire wear? Twenty five. Twenty five. If you want to be a big Mac here, I'd be much more on board with that. Yeah. 
There's a lot. Of, 25 is a pretty common. Let's just say, hold, sure hold your thoughts on Big Mac um, foreshadowing. All right. Anyway, to baseball. <laughs> there's really, at this point, there's one thing to talk about, which really leads to two things to talk about. Clayton Kershaw on the deal yeah. with a back injury, four to six weeks. Not the same injury, apparently, as last year. Still up in the air at this point. Could be longer. He could be back one day. You never really know with Clayton. Um, you know, he's a warrior. He, could, he would be back tomorrow if he could. But uh, this opens up a question to the trade. I'll just give you my take on this. A lot of people are overreacting. Yeah. Um, the Dodgers are eight and a half games up, uh, but that to me matters less at this point than the best record in the National League and in just the MLB. Not only just for like you know, bragging rights, more so because don't have to play the, the Cubs and the Nationals have to play each other in the first round, essentially. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, I don't mean to knock the Brewers. <laughs> um, I mean to knock the Pirates. But whoever wins the NL Central would play... Uh, the, you know the Nats and that really is probably good for us in the long run because mm-hmm. they kind of leave us with a right now it's looking like we'd either play the Diamondbacks or the uh, Rockies in, in a five game series yeah um, which would be interesting because teams know each other that well played so many times a bit unfortunate too for the yeah. Dodgers because they are the second the second and third best teams of the league and they'll have to face them in the first round I, uh, after the wild card do we know that for sure so do they, do they... Uh, I, I believe it's still you have to play the wild card the best team will play the wild card winner and it just shakes out that way unfortunately I guess that sucks but anyway yeah um, but yeah this injury to Kershaw and let's go back to that for a second I mean he came out of the game he finished the inning um, after the trainers came out to him but had to leave the game in the second inning and the start on Sunday this is actually his third back injury that's forced him to the DL he's only been to the DL uh, now three times and they've all been related to his back which is a, kind of concerning because um, each time it's been a kind of a long layoff for him uh, last, last year was you know about the same time I think it was maybe two months or so um, this, they're saying four to six weeks. The Dodgers haven't come out with the exact timetable. That was a report from Fox Sports. So um, we know how they. Do it, yeah. so we're very cautious of that. Yeah. So we're not exactly sure how long he'll be out. They're not saying that it's going to be a season ender, but you know you can't rule that out at this point. Yeah. And we don't want to think worst case scenario because, of course, we are cautiously optimistic here on the podcast. Yeah. Um, but in terms of the trade, you know, deadline coming up, and Dodgers have been linked to guys like you, Darvish, and you know I've said this on the podcast many times. A guy like Chris Archer. Um, I would put Chris Archer and you, Darvish, in the same category for a player I'd like to get. And you would um, give up the same amount for Darvish or as Archer? I would. I would. I think. I don't know about you that. know, people are saying, people are saying, like you were saying, that uh, this trade shouldn't be like a panic move now that Kershaw's are out. Yeah. But I actually think it does make sense to push a little harder for a trade now because we don't know how long Kershaw's out, and Kershaw's a, a very important piece to the rotation. Rich Hill again, the blister could flare up at any time. McCarthy now has a blister. Like I said before, this rotation is very tenuous. Um, it, it's good on the on the outside. You know, they've been pitching well. Alex Wood had a bad start. You know, you just never know. So I figure if you get a starter like uh, Darvish or Archer or somebody like that. Just solidify things back together here. The Dodgers have survived without Kershaw before, though, and I'm not trying to say that, you know, oh, this isn't a big deal because they did it last year, they'll just do it again. Like, we don't need Kershaw, obviously, we need him, but um, I don't want to overreact to it. I think we just keep, in terms of the trade as well, keep going the same path that we've been going. If a Texas wants to ask more uh, to, for you, Darvish, now that not only Kershaw's hurt, but Strasburg's hurt, that's like they might be able to get more out of the Nationals. I think they're going to ask for more now. And it might be the same thing with Tampa. So yeah, and you look at you look at Darvish this year, and the numbers are they tell a lot. Yeah, I think he's like six and eight. This year is like three six, something like that, right? Three point four four. Three four is even better. And being on Texas, not the best ball club this year. Very middle of the road. Hitters Park. Uh, Hitters Park, exactly. The the biggest thing about you, Darvish, is that if his strikeout rate is high, that usually is a good 
uh, telltale how he's throwing the ball. And I think, you know, he's, he's been on pace this year to strike a lot of batters um, like he had in the years prior before he kind of had a, a little slip up last year and, and got injured. Um, but I think moving him to a club like the Dodgers just makes such a, a large difference in a pitcher's mentality. Um, obviously, you saw last, I mean, last time was a great example. You know, you had Edward Paredes make his debut, and then you just had two great defensive plays behind him. You know, with the in a blink of an eye, and it's like you don't. You, we kind of take that for granted as fans because we hit so many home runs, and you know you have Kershaw Wood dealing. The Dodgers have an, an amazing defense too. Um, so adding Darvish into a Dodger ballpark that that pitches it plays a little better for pitchers. He's a strikeout pitcher with a great defense. Uh, it seems a huge fit better than me than Archer. Overall, though, I think it's just not getting killed in the trade and giving up too much of the yeah. future for what will probably be a rental. I think Chris Archer, I think the, the tough part about that is that the Rays aren't necessarily selling. Yeah. You know, the Rays are a game and a half out of the wild. And you mentioned the rental. Darvish's contract is up to end yeah. of the year. So. Like, that's the issue with the Rays right now. I think everyone kind of banked on them sucking this year so we could just pick apart their pitching staff, but they are in it. You know, they have a good chance of making the playoffs, so it's not like they would just sell on Archer yeah. right away. You know, I think that's a bigger reason as to why Darvish makes more sense right now. It just seems to me like in the past 10 days or so, the Dodgers rotation has completely looked different now. You know, Kershaw's out, Wood had a terrible start, and he's, he's entitled to one of those. He's 11 yeah. 0. So you just, you know, no, I 11 0 start, you know, how real was it? You know what I'm saying? Like, Wood no, is a good pitcher. He's been good this year, but. 11 0 to 11 1. Yeah, exactly. I mean, even if he is a, a, just a slightly above average pitcher, that's all it does yeah. with that offense and the defense and the bullpen really is the biggest thing. And, you know, I think we are making too much of the traditional idea of pitchers got to go six innings, got to go seven innings. The Dodgers don't really work like that, especially when you get to the playoffs, you have more days off in between games. They're really built <coughs> to uh, have a start maybe go four innings, three innings, and it's not an issue. You know, Strickling has done a great job coming in maybe filling in for one or two Brock Stewart, another guy. Teams are super high on Brock Stewart. Everyone wants that dude. Future two or three starter, but right now to have him in the pen come out, be able to do that. And then when you get into the Baez, you can have the Kenley Jensen, who just both been immaculate this year, especially Kenley. It's hard to imagine, you know, other teams really, that we really need to go get that many more starters. You know, I would be fine banking on our bullpen, buying in on that, trusting, obviously Kershaw is the biggest question now which kind of changes things. But as far as everyone else goes, it, it doesn't change much for me. I, I still buy into Wood. McCarthy. So you would yeah. trust a Stripling or a Brock Stewart in the playoffs? Because I personally wouldn't. You know, if we need to use them, if we need to rely what's, on them What's so proven about you, Darvish, in the playoffs? You, come on. You're, you're, we're comparing you, Darvish, to Ross I mean, everyone, everyone if, 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 it's fair, is a, if it's fair in baseball for everyone to make the thing that Clayton Kershaw and the regular season and different in the postseason, then why isn't it for every other pitcher? I mean, we don't know. We've never seen you Darvish in the playoffs really that much, right? He hasn't pitched in the playoffs maybe a few yeah. times. I don't know, but I'm just saying I would much rather trust a proven pitcher like a you Darvish, who's you know proven to be an all-star, Cy Young caliber pitcher, yeah. rather than Ross Stripling or Brock Stewart, who are they've been serviceable, they've been helpful for the Dodgers, but you know, I just they haven't been proven to be those like top of the line pitchers, and we just don't know how they can. But they, you know, we're talking about different roles, you know. Going through a lineup three or four times is something an elite pitcher can do. There are a lot of good pitchers in the major leagues that can go through one time and get six hitters out, get five hitters out. So that's what we're asking of them. We're not asking of them to have an elite start. We're not asking for Strickland to go out and repeat his you know Giants performance and, and come with an ounce of a perfect game no hitter. You know they just got to be good, and the Dodgers are good enough to get through that. You know, I think it's a much 
different way. You just gotta change your whole mindset on baseball. You know, it's a very like college-oriented way of playing. You know, a lot of teams on Sundays for college baseball just go with a staff game and everyone just throws two innings, one inning, things like that. Match up left and right. And the league, you know, a lot of people are talking about the league just going in that direction entirely, where it's like, why do we need five starters? You know, why do we not just, especially with so many teams expanding in their bullpen and going with less players on the bench because they play more positions, why not just go more players and move them up and down and, and kind of just go with a more bullpen-oriented team? So my question now is, obviously the Kershaw injury changes things. Do you guys, does it change your opinion on whether you want to go and get a starter or a reliever now? No, I still want a reliever. No, I still want to start even more so, like I said. I mean, I can, we can trust the Dodgers to easily make the playoffs. They're, they're 11 and a half up right now. They're going to get to October. We, I don't really have a concern about that. But I'm saying when we get there, you know, is Kershaw going to be there? We don't know. Yeah. We don't know. And so who would be our next starter? Rich Hill? Is he going to be there? We don't know. Alex you know? Wood. And then like, Rich Hill, I don't know why you keep bringing him as the number two. That guy is a number four starter. Probably would not play. Okay, Alex Wood. Alex right Wood. Now. Okay, sure. Alex Wood. But still, I don't trust a guy like Alex Wood be a top-of-the-line starter if he's going to have to be that in playoffs. I just don't trust him. Yes, he's had a great regular season. Okay, I think one... I want a top-of-the-line starter. At a certain point, though, you got to just look at a dude's makeup and understand that, like, some people just need that opportunity in the playoffs. And some people, you know, are just unproven and haven't even been given a chance to test it. You know, that's the big thing about the Dodgers. Like, you got to give them a chance to be heroes. You know, Seager didn't have great playoffs last year. We know that. Bellinger hasn't been there yet. Turner, he was he did great, but obviously, you know, he's had a better season this year. We expect more of him at this point. Aegon will be in the lineup probably a little bit, but, you know, he's not going to be the same guy in the playoffs that he has been in years past. So at a certain point, it, it comes down to the Dodgers to just kind of buckle up and get it done. We can only trade for so many guys, but not every guy is going to be a playoff dude, you know? You can't just trade for a Madison Bumgarner-type guy who's going to be great in the playoffs no matter how good or bad he is in the regular season. There's just not that many dudes out there. And you bring up Bellinger, Nick. Do you say the same thing about Bellinger that you say about Alex Wood? Where you just don't trust him to hit in the playoffs? Yeah. I mean, that's what... I mean, the same argument there, essentially. Uh, it's the same thing. I think it's a little bit Alex different. Wood was 11-0, sub-2 ERA. Pitching and hitting, as we know, is pretty different in terms of like playoffs. And obviously, you know, you want better pitching in the What's playoffs. What's different? You're gonna need better pitching in the playoffs. Hitting is not gonna. Hitting doesn't win you. I mean, hitting helps you win championships, but it's pitching and defense. Pitching mostly that helps you win championships. So Alex Wood, it's his first really good year in his, of his career. Mm-hmm. He's been a solid, you know, prospect, young pitcher throughout his career. First really good year. This is the first really good year of Bellinger's career as well. Okay, well, see the thing is, Bellinger was more of like a surprise. Alex Wood's been a surprise. I'm saying in the playoffs. Bellinger was a top ten prospect in baseball. I okay. mean, this obviously this level. They weren't expecting it. Yeah, they yeah, weren't this expecting this fast. I agree with that. So. Anyway, I just think I'd rather prioritize, prioritize the pitching considerations going into October than the hitting considerations. I don't, Bellinger, you know, he may struggle in the playoffs against better pitching. We don't know. It doesn't really matter. I, I want the Dodgers to be able to strike other teams out. You know what I'm saying? Like, win the 2-1 games in the playoffs. That's what I want to have happen. And, you know, last thing about the Dodgers here. Everybody touts their depth. We have to look for the future. We have all these, like, good young prospects. The Dodgers... Are 69 and 31 right now. They have a great team. Nice, nice. Yeah, 69% winning percentage, whatever it is. Nice, nice. Um, Why not use some of that depth to get a guy, play the odds? Yeah, we say uh, pitching and the playoffs are a crapshoot, but get a guy like you, Darvish. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Unintentional horn. (laughs) Unintentional ham horn. Go ahead. Two minute penalty. Okay, here we go. The Dodgers need to trade some of their depth. Because this year is a great opportunity, and yes, the playoffs are a crapshoot, 
but why not use some of that to get a guy like you, Darvish, who has proven to be a very good pitcher, and he, maybe we don't know how he does in the playoffs, but take those chances on a pitcher who is a Cy Young caliber pitcher to help you in the playoffs. You know, instead of saying, oh, we don't know how he's gonna be in the playoffs, say, instead say, let's go get you, Darvish, and just go for it, instead of being all tentative. There's a problem with going for it for too much. Like, you don't wanna just panic and give up too much for somebody that we're going to not have next year. Yeah, and that's the thing. I agree with you, Nick. When we're good enough to make it there yeah, this year. The sense that you do want to... I'm more buying in now than the future. I think because, like, how many teams are going to be better than the record that we have right now? I'm with you on that. Darvish in the playoffs in his career, the ERA is 540, he's 0-2. Two games started. Just throwing that out there. Right. I'm just saying, you know. Um, <laughs> Kershaw's also not very good in the playoffs. So I'm saying that's like, also we, just we, a we, rumor we, that we, we, I've been trying so hard. But we to break. But we it's trust. two bad starts. You can, why, how are you going to call yourself a Dodger fan and keep saying that? It, you know, it's just blasphemy to say that he's bad in the playoffs. Like, you really think he's been bad, that bad? No, he's been good. He's had good and bad starts. I'm just saying. He's had two bad starts, and he's had been asked more than any other pitcher in all the major leagues. To okay, so, you, so, you, so you're just bringing up two bad starts for Darvish, too. So it's like, he's, that's the yeah, only time he's been in the playoffs. That's all he hasn't been in the playoffs very much. So he's give had him another two chance. chances to be the ace for his team and get yeah. them out of the divisional round, and he's failed twice. Give him another shot. I say the Dodgers Why not give, give our shot. young guys the first shot? We've seen him fail twice. And that's because I'd rather trust you, Darvish. Sorry, I just you, would. You'd I, rather trust. So, okay, what we've come down to is you'd, you'd, rather, you'd rather trust a dude with a 5.4 playoff ERA than a dude who is 11 and one right now and um, has been great all year. The Dodgers had a playoff start. The Dodgers keep giving Kershaw, you know, starts after. He's the he, best pitcher in baseball. Exactly because he had bad starts. You can't deny he had, that he had bad starts. But yeah, but he also had kept, great starts in the same postseason. Okay, that's what I'm saying. You, Darvish, is a great pitcher. Give him another shot, just like the Dodgers gave Kershaw another shot because they know he's a good pitcher. That's what I'm saying. But, but we already have Kershaw. Trading for someone to give them a chance doesn't make sense. When you have your best player and your best team, you're going to keep giving them shots. All Why right. would you go out and get someone with a... I mean, I agree, he's a great pitcher, but I'm just saying, like, we don't want to panic. I'd rather go get Zach Britton. I'd rather go get an arm like that in the pen. If we're going to give up, we're going to give up. You know, we got to get getting up prospects either way. Rather get a guy who has more on his contract and also is just kind of a more... More, you know, throwing in higher leverage situations. The first four innings of the game just aren't that high leverage. You can come back if you get down a few runs. When you have guys at the end of the bullpen that can shorten the game, it is uh, just so much more valuable to a team than a, than a good starter. Just right. don't panic. I, yeah. And I'm not a doctor. I don't know what Kershaw's injury is, but I'm, my guess is that he's going to be back by the playoffs and healthy by the playoffs. My, the initial the initial thing that came out was 10-day DL. And now, then it went to four to six weeks. Yeah. Well, so, and I, I don't know what that means. The baseball is weird about that. It's just like retroactive, like yeah. when you get hurt, as far as like the other. I just want to be clear. I want to be clear. This yeah. isn't a panic decision I'm trying to you know, say here. It's a go for it now. This is, yeah, like you I said, were, I you were in for trading before. Yeah, this yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. And I get that. I just don't want to give up too much for it. Okay. Well, we'll see what happens in this next coming week. You know, the trade deadline is going to be on Sunday, I believe. We're it's on Monday. Monday. So in about a week, our next podcast will probably know if the Dodgers got you, Darvish, or whatever. Um, in the meantime, though. Or whatever. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> Not whoever. Whatever. <laughs> Uh, in the meantime, though, big series, especially for Sully and his yeah, family here. Yes, the absolutely. Twins, the Minnesota Twins, Twins interleague series coming into Dodger Stadium. Bartolo Colon on the mound last night. Sully, just walk us through it a little bit. All right, first off, uh, you know the – go ahead if you'd like, Jess. Yeah. Anytime the Twins come to town, usually we, we make a family trip. Usually it's at Angel Stadium. Very rare Twins come to Dodger Stadium. Unfortunately, I'm working all three of these days, so – not going to get you a chance to see him live, but I already did see the Twins this year. Uh, thank you. Bartolo, you know, the rumors that that may have been his last start ever. Crazy. And that's pretty fitting. He's the best team in baseball. 
pitched well. You know, obviously the Dodgers showed a little respect, waited until he's out of the game, and then, then defeated the Twins. <laughs> um, Bartolo, you know, Nick and I, we had a little conversation on Twitter about this last night, and we were just talking about it. There's so many, like, wonderful stats about him, I think. And so many, beyond, like, you know, the home run and, and the, you know, the iconic swing figure with the helmet falling off and the belly out there, he was a great player to start his career. You know, people forget that this guy threw 90 miles an hour. This guy blew smoke. It was great. Was on a world in a World Series in the 90s, I think, with the Indians, I think, 97, if I'm not mistaken, part of that team. Then you have, like, a large part of his career where he just went downhill and his ERA like wasn't below four. Then kind of goes back has a renaissance with the Angels and is an you know an ERA winner almost I think and a Cy Young contender. There just is so much to be said about him now joining the Twins. I think usually we don't sign players like this who are kind of cult figures. We have a lot of like unknowns who then we trade off, a la David Ortiz and probably Miguel Sano in four to five years. <laughs> um, but that's just kind of how it goes. So it's lovely to see him in a Twins uniform. You know he looked good, started well. What do you guys? Do you guys have any favorite memories of Bartolo? Well, things you'd like to share about him? I, we're kind of having a funeral, even though we don't know. Who yeah. So last time he'll ever play in Dodger Stadium, I guess. Probably. Yeah. You know, he said uh, that he was considering retirement after the Dodgers start if he had a bad game. I don't think he pitched that badly. I mean, I think he pitched, yeah, he, pitched I, little, he had a quality yeah. start, I believe. I'm not sure if it was right on the board. I mean, it's like yeah, certainly uh, every team um, would take that start. Laid down a great sacrifice bunt. Also, just took three straight strikes for a strikeout. Didn't swing the bat, unfortunately, which I was looking forward to. Yeah. Um, I can't believe you can't think that that was his last game if he didn't try and go a yard. Yeah. yeah, you know, and we needed to see a swing there, but but yeah, this dude was signed in 1993. Uh, he's faced Clay Bellinger and Cody Bellinger, the yeah. dad son combination. Three, three of them, yeah. three yeah. dad son combinations. Got Cody Bellinger out twice. Of course, Cody Bellinger was a hero last night, and not against Bartolo though. Uh, of course not. Of course not. Um, but just a great, you know, the big sexy, one of the best figures in baseball. One of the yeah. biggest figures in baseball, and no pun intended. Craziness. I think the pun was very intended there, Nick. <laughs> craziness that it's a known fact, but also like not a well known fact. Just want to make sure I have this. You know that Bartolo Colon has two families? Yeah. No, he's, you know about this? I did not know about this. It's like a known but not known fact. It's crazy. He's married and then has another family as well. People sweep it under the rug because they like Bartolo Tim. Yeah, he's getting, the, he's getting <laughs> big time Floyd Mather treatment yeah. where like, he just like make you, he does a lot of shitty stuff and they'd be like, oh, but it's come on. You know, it's it's like, Bartolo. It's like craziness, you know? I don't know. First off, I've had long conversations with uh, our, my friend Jonah about this. Our friend Jonah. What's, up, family, what's up, Jonah? Does, does the, yeah, Brock said hi. Does one family know that they're the second family? Oh, like, the, do both families think they're the first family? Which one's the first family? They must know about each other. It's been reported. So. Well, I'm just saying, but which does one family know that they're the second family? That's the thing. Yeah, it's like, who, who does Bartolo consider the second family? And then do they know that they're the second family? That's the question. I mean, I'm sure they know about each other. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure probably know about each other. Like one of the craziest things. Bartolo probably happened. gives him a lot of money. He's been around, he's been the major for like seven, 20 he's years. He's made now. over a hundred million dollars. Yeah. Year. No, I'm, I'm, listen, I'm not saying that these kids aren't getting taken care of. I'm just thinking it's an interesting dynamic, yeah. and it should be discussed at some point. We'll get there eventually. We'll get there. Once, we, once he retires and kind of respect his legacy, <laughs> still discuss this. You know, I don't know. I'm, I'm, you know, I like to bring up all the facts. It's hard. You got to bring the entire legacy in, in the display here. We can bring it up. I still think Bartolo is one of the greatest baseball players to have ever lived. And uh, okay, Whoa. I, I'm standing by that. I, I, usually, I don't really watch Dodger games if I have work. I had to pull up Dodger game on my computer last night just to watch Bartolo's first start. What Joe Davis had to say about him, his first at bat. Ended up watching the whole game. It's just something you have to see. It's like it's like I need popcorn to watch Bartolo Colon pitch. And if this was his last start, I'm glad we got to witness a nice little Bartolo start there and a Dodgers win. Yeah, see, I love Bartolo, but I'm not one yeah. of the greatest baseball players ever. No, I'm not about that. He was like cool the last couple of years. He has my Hall of Fame vote if I had a vote. 
Well, that's embarrassing for you to say that. Uh, we're, <laughs> we're gonna wrap with the MLB on that note, I guess. Uh, I guess. Bartolo, certainly a polarizing figure. No debate in that. Uh, and we'll let you know who the newest Dodger is next time we talk. Moving over to the NBA, because it seems like the NBA never sleeps, we had a big wind horse bomb, I guess you could call it. Windy bomb. Windy bomb. Wind horse has got to get like a different noise in that. He's like. <laughs> that is very wind horse right there. I think that's good. That does sound like his voice too. Yeah, um, a little, little wind horn action. But apparently Kyrie Irving wants out of Cleveland, does not like playing in the shadow of LeBron James, and has demanded a trade from the Cavaliers. He demanded this, I guess, two weeks ago, but it was just leaked to the media on this past Friday. This is big news, because they've been in the finals three straight years, seemed like a good pairing. They could win the East every year if they really wanted to, but now he doesn't want to be with LeBron. He wants to go to either the Timberwolves, Knicks, Spurs, or Heat. Okay, well, he would fit well in three of those four. The Knicks would just be a train wreck. I want the Knicks to get him so bad. But, like, he'd fit well in Minnesota. He'd fit well in Miami, I think. They had a good little year in there in the East. And then in, uh, what was the third? The, in San Antonio. They, they need a point guard. Yeah, I mean, I, the coolest idea, I think, is the Minnesota one. Um, would they have to give up? I, think I was listening this morning, a lot of people talking about how that trade would actually work. And they would assume that um, Wiggins would go... Tough to the Cavs, which kind of like takes away the fun. Yeah, that's me. true. But I think, like, without Wiggins, can they? Obviously, what it comes down to is like, can he be the Warriors? You know, that's what everyone kind of like the end goal is at a certain point. Without Wiggins and with Kyrie, I don't think they are good enough. But it's pretty close because it kind of depends on how how good Cat gets and mm-hmm. how good Wiggins gets too. I mean, yeah, you got Jimmy <clears throat> um, there as well. I was listening this morning to the Dan Patrick show, and uh, they had the Cavs beat report, one of the Cavs beat reporter on besides Wayne Hurst. Uh, no, it was, his name is Joe Varden, oh, okay. writes for Cavs.com, and he was saying, well, he just had some, a really interesting point to me, and I think a lot of people had this, like, the, the biggest misconception he said, basically, was that what Kyrie has learned is that, he, like, he learned not to have his career dictated by anyone but by himself, mm-hmm. you know, LeBron taught him that, obviously. Yeah. And so I think the biggest thing is that people think that Kyrie wants to leave because LeBron is going to leave. And when you think about it, it, what he was saying is that that doesn't make sense. Because if LeBron was going to leave, then Kyrie would have his own team. They could build around him. They could do whatever they want. So this, the Cavs report is basically saying that, in his mind, he was fairly sure that this decision was because LeBron is favoring staying in Cleveland. Because why would, and that makes sense to me, you know, why would Kyrie stay there if he wants to be his own man, that's the whole point of this. If he has a chance of LeBron's going to leave and he knows that, why not just wait a year and then they can rebuild that whole team around him? I see both sides, but you know? this is something that Windhorse said as well, where he said that, and, and I trust Windhorse on LeBron over anybody. Yeah, for some reason, they, I don't, it's weird that he, he is like the guy. He's the LeBron it. guy. Well, he followed LeBron since high school. He, yeah. I think he went, did he go to high school with I LeBron? I'm not saying that it's not like I don't believe that it's yeah. no, he's no, the, I'm saying he's that it's funny guy. that you look at Brian Windhorse and be like, this is the guy from LeBron. <laughs> yeah. Know, just an eye, eye test there. But what he said is he said, like, with every single decision that was made, that LeBron's made to change the team or stay with the team, he hasn't even known, LeBron hasn't even known until... You know, he makes the decision. Yeah. And it's out. So he said that, like, Kyrie doesn't know anything about what LeBron's going to do. 
Yeah. And so whether, whatever he thinks that LeBron's going to do doesn't make any sense because LeBron doesn't even know what he's going to well, do. Well, and that's the thing is that Kyrie, and that's the point of this, what I'm saying too, on top of that, is that Kyrie's going to wait for that to happen. Yeah. You know? And he's going to put it in his own. He's going to put the ball in their court and make them make a play because he's already made his. Well, let's think a little bit bigger here. So a lot of people are saying that Kyrie is following the footsteps of Kobe with the mama mentality, he wants to leave the shadow of somebody like Shaq, somebody like LeBron to start his own team, to be on his own, to be his own guy. But are we even sure that Kyrie can be a number one superstar by himself. Let me just throw some numbers out. This is from the uh, Winhorse article, actually, which I thought were some very interesting numbers. Um, the Cavs were outscored by 90 points in 574 minutes when Irving played and James didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, in the playoffs, they were outscored by 30 points in 61 minutes. And um, in the finals, they were outscored 37 to 13 when Irving was on the court and James was off the court. So it seems that. You know, I remember, we remember how the Cavs were before LeBron James got there and Kyrie was the man. They were a terrible team. They didn't even make the playoffs. They didn't have anybody else around, though. Maybe, huh? Well, let's, I mean, let's think about it. Like, okay, Kevin Love, yeah, he helps a lot, but it's LeBron really is the reason yeah. why. And, yeah. You know. I think, you know, you talk about, think about the bigger picture here, Nick. I think you're totally on to the same thing here. Is like, what person in the NBA can do it alone? Like, even LeBron. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> even LeBron, at this point, can't be the Warriors by himself. You know, you need three stars, you know? So it's, that's a fair argument as to why would you... You know, you look, I think the easiest examples they give for when Kyrie looks at, you know, I think it was the Windhorse himself said it was like he looked at Damian Lillard and he saw John Wall getting, you know, these max deals and being the center of attention in their towns. Damian Lillard hasn't been past the second round. John Wall is not going to get out of the East at this point. Until next year, but yeah. I mean, I mean in your mind, I mean, maybe ever in his career, you know? You're saying who can be the... the yeah, exactly. It's like, what, what, is so, what makes you so I mean, jealous LeBron to think can. that, like, would you rather be a star... And not get to the final. What's the wrong with going to the final? I think LeBron right? is the kind of guy who can lead a team. Some more numbers: the Cavs went twenty-five and eleven with LeBron and not Irving. Last oh, so you're, okay, just, we're, we're you're talking about the greatest player yeah. in the NBA, right? Okay, so it's like we can't we Irving, can't compare his numbers when LeBron well, is off Irving, the court. Irving thinks that he is on that level. Yeah, too, so I'm so. asking more what, you, what you're asking here, Nick. Is do you th- are you talking about his skill set? Do we think he has enough skill set to be the best player in the team and lead the team? Or are you talking about him as a leader? Like he is the dude. He is the alpha dog, like LeBron is. I mean, I, think, I, mean, I, don't I don't think, think I think they're intertwined. I think I, they are partially intertwined, but there's also a big difference between them. I think, he can, can I think he can be both. There's just got to be. He, he's not. The, he can't be the only star, but because nobody in the NBA can be the yeah. only star and win a championship, he can be the number one star and have people around him. And can you? That, that's I think question. he can. That's Who, my main who's, I mean, the These numbers with LeBron yeah. off the court mean nothing. And to also, me. I would say, why not look at the last four minutes of the game and just eye test it? Who took all the last shots for them? Basically, it was, I mean, it was Kyrie hit all Kyrie. the biggest shots in the last two years for them. Kyrie's a great player, don't get me wrong. And a great clutch player, too, which great, is a big part Great of clutch it, player. Um, terrible defender. We can't ignore that. No, yeah, you can't. Yeah. Um, I know, you, Jesse, you said that the LeBron numbers don't matter because LeBron's like kind of a one in, once-in-a-lifetime talent. You know, is great he not? Player. No, he is, he is. He's top he is. five player of all time. I still do, I'm still dubious about whether or not Kyrie can be the number one, even if he has guys around him. Like who, who, I mean, it depends who those guys are. Uh, you know, if Kyrie is a very ball dominant guy, he likes to take all the shots. So you're saying Kyrie, Kyrie shot more than LeBron last year, the first time in LeBron's mm-hmm. career that that happened, that he had a teammate who shot more than him. Put you say put him with Jimmy Butler and Carl Anthony Towns, that doesn't work. I also just think if you're trying to be a top dog, why is that? I mean, that's the spot that makes the most sense, maybe besides the Spurs. Is he not the best player there? Is he not the is he not the go-to there? He's a go-to in the clutch, I think. But Jimmy is also. I think Cat. Yeah, Jimmy's also, Jimmy's the Jimmy's the guy that makes it work because Jimmy's he's more of the guy. glue. Yeah, I get that. I get but that. I think Kyrie's the number one there. Yeah, I think he is too. But at the same time, with Carl Anthony Towns, he's only twenty-one. You know? Yeah. We don't even know the limits of his ability yet. Which is, I think, another reason why 
Kyrie goes there next season, he's the number one there. Oh yeah, next year, like right away. I, you know, it's just like at a certain point though, he won't be. You know, but I guess that could be said about anyone. Yeah, 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 exactly, except LeBron. And uh, there's been there's been discussion just kind of going along with this. There's been discussion that LeBron's camp is being blamed for leaking the news, and there's LeBron's refuting reports that are saying that LeBron is mad at Kyrie. He put Slam on blast Steve, on Twitter today. Stephen A. Smith said that LeBron wants to fight Kyrie. Face. I don't know about yeah, that. Stephen A. Stephen A. Stephen A. Yeah, that's so the worst. Do you think there is a connection with? Do you think there is a you know falling out here between LeBron and Kyrie, or do you think this is just Kyrie's decision? I mean, you've seen it, and this is also just more. I was reading up about this this morning, just like. Look at, I think in these examples, Kevin Love and LeBron's relationship in the past. You know, they've sent tweets back and forth about things, and even Kevin Love himself has said that, you know, this is not my, he's not my best friend, you know? Like, he voted for Russell Westbrook in the uh, in MVP voting, all these things. Um, you know, I think it's just, LeBron is a hard guy to get along with. And, you know, and not saying it from like a thing, you know, he's not a mean guy, certainly if you're a stranger and approach him on the street, but like to work with someone like LeBron and be close Same to LeBron, yeah, it's demanding, it's a lot. And I can understand how that can be grinding on a person, um, especially someone like Kyrie, who, you know, he doesn't even understand the shape of the earth, so. Yeah, that's. Uh, what can be said about picking teammates there. But, all those tweets have been hilarious, by the way. Yeah, yeah, all the flat earth tweets are always good. But yeah, it's, it's tough, especially, you know, if you're going to be trying to be a top player with LeBron on the same team, you could even, a whole nother level uh, LeBron's criticism and LeBron's expectations. You know, if you're James Jones and you're on the team for seven years, LeBron's going to hold you to a certain standard of practice, but at the same time, you're not playing that much during the actual game. Yeah. Well, the Cavs seem to have been preparing for a potential Curry trade. They signed Derrick Rose, who was you know in consideration for the Lakers' backup point guard spot. He's going to the Cavs. Also, though, um, going back to LeBron and the thing that you brought up, Sully, about how interesting point that you uh, I think it was Barton you said made mm-hmm. about why would Curry leave if he yeah. thinks LeBron's staying or whatever. I've heard other thoughts about why would the why hasn't LeBron said that he's going to commit long term to the Cavs? You know why doesn't he just say that and like s- you know squash everything? So we don't know. And if LeBron does go to the Lakers, as has been also rumored, Magic and Rob on the Lakers are sort of preparing for that. They installed a Blaze Pizza in Staples Center, which <laughs> which is a uh, somewhat you can't deny that's probably a recruiting tactic for LeBron. LeBron has invested in Blaze Pizza and has done quite well with the investment actually. So they're putting that in. It's also a very good pizza. Let's yeah. just not. Oh, it's great pizza. You know. Yeah, I love pizza. Love pizza. Yeah. 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 Can I ask, sorry? Can I ask one last thing about Kyrie? Sure. Um, Certainly. And, and, you know, this is just because I'm not smart enough when it comes to basketball. But couldn't they just keep him this whole year? They could. Yeah. yeah that's, and like, that's I mean, he has two years left on the contract. Exactly. Yeah. Like what? People have been bringing up the Kobe thing, where yeah. Kobe demanded a trade, and then they kept him, and then next thing you know, we won more championships. With that's Kobe. what I mean. It's kind of like at a, if I'm the Cavs, I'm just like, no, no, <laughs> you know, yeah. and wait till next summer and just see what happens, right? Because like, what is he gonna like? Unless it gets terrible, and then you trade him midseason. That's what I mean. Is it really? You really think he's gonna dog it? Like yeah. that's what. It well, it's gonna be tough. I mean, yeah. It's, Obviously, it's hard to play. The storyline's gonna continue. They're not gonna trade him tomorrow. They're no, trying, I know. I'm just saying. Know, so the storyline like, is just gonna keep continuing. That's the most interesting thing to me that I thought about. This, is just like, why not just keep him? Yeah. You know. <laughs> he has two years left. <laughs> kind of funny, I think. But anyway, yeah. I'm excited about Blaze Pizza though, too, Nick. I'm still. We gotta go make a trip to Blaze Pizza. I think. Oh yeah, definitely. There's I think we could maybe send some some tweets, to LeBron, a couple photos, mm-hmm. enjoying some za. A local uh, place pizza here in Pasadena, not too far from our studios here. LeBron actually, I don't know if you guys seen the commercial, yeah. but LeBron was Went in that one. Pasadena uh, one, uh, serving serving Colorado. serving customers. Know? Oh, I did remember actually. So I remember customers were. I didn't that. know he was there. So <laughs> Jesse famously down the street went and met Ron Artest. I was at, with, at, with Nick. Oh, you were with Nick. Oh Saladish. yeah. Some reason I thought you were with like Adam Denali. <laughs> no, yeah, we went we went we went to salad dish. So the few times actually I didn't even get a salad. But I know you got breadsticks or yeah. whatever. <laughs> the other fire. Yeah. Went to a salad place and got breadsticks. Yeah. Just to be around our test. But that's dedication. 
Uh, or he, was he Ron? No, he was Ron. He was Ron. Yeah, yeah. He was still Ron. Speaking of Ron, speaking of the Lakers, okay, they haven't they haven't signed a backup yet. We'll see if they get a backup point guard soon. Um, also, Julius Randle, Drew League Player of the Week, he had yeah. a twenty-eight and eighteen game in a very important game. Have you guys ever been to the Drew League? I've Thoughts never, on the Drew League? Really biggest, like, you know, like yeah, letdowns of being in LA. My whole life is not having gone to the Drew League yeah. yet. I'm down, pretty much down to go this weekend if you guys want to go. Yeah, it's tough. They they they're really long lines. I, I was able to get in through an internship once, um, and that was a cool experience. Yeah, jam, like I was sitting on the sideline and the ball bounced over to me, and I threw it back to the guy where it came from. It was just James Harden. Yeah, so that was pretty cool. Um, I remember that game. James Harden's team lost to Darren Collison's team. James Harden was drop like 28, I think. Yeah. In front of Chris Paul. Chris Paul was sitting sideline. Yeah, so uh, Clipper Daryl went over and sang Baby Came Back. Yeah, Baby Come Back. back. Yeah. DeMar DeRozan frustration throwing the ball at the ref a few weeks ago. I don't know if you guys saw that. Nah, yeah. that's <laughs> funny. The DeMar, you know, keeping it real for LA. Yeah. Um, yeah, the were, were you seeing this through Elika Sadegis? I saw some of that too. That's yeah, what I was, I that's what I was seeing. No, I, through. Shout, out, shout out to her. She's yeah. Great. Um, yeah, she's a dope, Alika. Uh, anytime you want to be on the podcast. Anytime. Always welcome. But I guess we're saving the best NBA news for last in the eyes of it's Sully. Just, uh, well, it's not, all right, it's listen, not the best this is, news. This is what you think I'm rooting for, evil, which I want to get that straight. Not the case here. The case here is that just a proven point that I don't root for players that are dickheads and mm-hmm. bad people off the court. Yep. Make it a point of that. And Draymond Green is just showing that despite what he acts like on, or because of what he acts like on the court is now being reflected off the court. And when you're a superstar, you can't just do whatever you want. Basically, Draymond Green, and it's a very interesting case here, I think. And Nick is, you know, he's got a little smirk on his face because Nick apparently likes assault. Um, he was in a club, and it, the story, this is from the victim here. It, uh, you know, the victim and his girlfriend were hanging out. Draymond him got a little verbal uh, confrontation. Draymond sent his goons over on these guys. They beat him up. Then the next day, the guy approached Draymond in a different location. This was all like around Michigan State's campus. And Draymond punched him in the face. And so now, about a year beyond that, I don't know what you're shaking your head at. This is literally his story. Am I wrong on that? It was not a punch. It was a slap. He said punch. Draymond says slap. That's the difference. Anyway. Well, who are you going to believe? Getting slapped by someone who's 6'8", 260 pounds, probably doesn't feel too good either way. So, Does it matter? Yeah. What does it really matter? In this so it matters or, because Draymond punched or slapped a dude. You're making yeah. okay. There's, and and there's, to be fair, this guy was a football player at Michigan State, but he said that this case, you know, essentially ended his time at Michigan State. People uh, continuously, you know, mocked him. Uh, he felt like his life had changed from that day forward. Quoted, and you know, he got a little emotional to stand there. Um, he said that he can still feel Draymond's fist on his cheek. <laughs> that's a little, uh, yeah, that's a, little a bit much, but still, much. Draymond Green. Bad guy, proving he's a bad guy. Essentially, is what I'm saying here. What do you got, Nick? All right. So we heard this happened last summer, a year ago. We heard about a little altercation at Michigan State. Nothing really came of it because it probably wasn't that big of a deal. Now they're coming at him with a lawsuit for assault. And okay, I'm not condoning this at all. You know, this is not good. This is this is not a good look for Draymond. I'm not. Yeah. Don't, don't get twisted. I'm not gonna like defend Draymond here. You know. But I'm saying it's it a little. Sounded like you're about to. It's a yeah, little. This blunt, is seriously something you should have just been like, yeah, it was bad. And- I'm just saying it's a little blown, out. No way it's a little blown out of proportion here. You know, like, they, they got in a little tussle at the bar, a slap happened, and now he's getting sued because he's an NBA player with a lot of money. Again, no. He was attacked at the bar and then slapped the next day. Whatever. Like, this whole thing is just, I think it's just not Whatever. a big deal. Whatever. He, he, had a, he had to pay, like, $200 bond to get, you know, released from that arrest. I think he was arrested, right? Yeah, they cut a yeah. great deal because the guy was scared. That's essentially <laughs> what they're saying. 
$200 bond, that's not, I don't know, I just think this was, okay. because well, it was Draymond, it got blown up for coaching, he's an NBA player, he's a famous Michigan State alum, and this happened, and people want to tear him down, because a lot of people hate Draymond, you guys included. I still think Draymond is not as bad of a guy as people make him out to be. Yes, this was this was a bad situation. Are you serious? Like, you really think he is a good guy? You think you legitimately think like he would like if you ran into him on the street, he would be like, "Oh, what's up, man?" Like just give you daps and be extremely nice, no matter who you were. I don't know about that. I'm just saying I don't think he's like a bad guy. I think he got into a bad situation, and this is an unfortunate. What sounded bad, bad about that situation? Did he not put himself in a bad situation? Yeah, did he literally way? send his guys? According to the story, you know, we don't know the full story. Didn't he send his boys to attack this dude and his girlfriend? When obviously, you know, he probably handled that on his own to begin with. I'm sure he did. the next day, punch or slaps this guy in the face. What's any good about that? But it's, not, it's not good. It sounds like a dude that I want to hang out with. Yeah, it sounds like, you know, congrats on your defensive player of the year. Uh, we can move on. You know, we can move on. Assault cases. We can move on because this is going to be res- resolved very easily because it was not a big deal. It was a bad situation. Well, see, this guy's got a pretty high ta- high powered attorney. Uh, this, she has Bloom. It's the daughter of Gloria Allred. I yeah, mean, exactly. Whatever. I mean, we'll see what happens. I'm so not expecting a, anything. I don't happen. think she would take this case unless it was pretty legitimate. Don't you think? She has the money. She doesn't need it. I mean, we'll see. We shall see. We'll see. Anyway, just want to make it out there. Nick is pro assault. Twelve well, hours. I'm not pro assault. For the record, I'm not pro assault. Um, I'm anti assault and anti-slapping and I don't think slapping is a big deal and I still support Draymond Green because I think Wait, I mean, just... anti-slapping and not think slapping is a big deal can we just slap you then? I'd rather get slapped than punched <laughs> and it's now time for the Players' Lounge. You know how it goes, people. You know what's going down. You know what's happening at the Players' Lounge. This always gets so creepy when Nick <laughs> introduces this. <laughs> we should let him introduce Yeah, he can't introduce it anymore. No matter what they say, we're going to have a great time today at the Players' Lounge where we say the name of a player and my boys Sully and Jesse will say the word that comes to their mind when that player's name is related to that. Sounds so yeah, weird. This isn't what like, Pillow Talk is like to Nick. <laughs> Well, I'm excited to hear this list. Well, you know what time of the week it is. It's almost time for the MLB trade deadline. So what I decided to do is name some of the players who were part of some of the biggest trade deadline deals in baseball history. Nice. And I try to keep it a little bit related to the Dodgers here in the beginning. So we're going to start off with one of my favorites, personally. And that is Manny Ramirez, traded from the Red Sox to the Dodgers in 2008 to help them get to the NLCS that year. Right now, you know, Manny is a forever changing icon in the sport of baseball. More iconic than Bartolo, I would say that for sure. Um, my word is going to be sushi, though, because currently uh, <laughs> Manny Ramirez is playing in Japan. Part of the contract, written in the contract, all you can eat sushi anytime he wants it, as well as his own sweet and optional practice. You really can't be doing better than Manny Ramirez is doing right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say icon. That is one of the reasons why. Um, my other word that I was going to use was careless, because one of my favorite things that Manny used to do was when a ball was hit and it was close to the line he would just stand and watch it <laughs> Yeah. and most of the time he had a good eye but sometimes it'd be fair <laughs> Pretty fucking and then close. he would have to go and run and go get it but like a lot of the times he would just watch it and be like yeah it's foul he was yeah, the king foul. of that and it would just be like a foot foul it's like yo man you gotta make a move king of a ball yeah. foot <laughs> foul yeah the two good ones have been like rolling and high five 
Mustangs are both <clears throat> inclusive. The or, or cut off. The Mustangs uh, are cut yeah, off yeah. in baseball history. I actually named one of my dogs after Manny Ramirez. Yeah. Uh, we, we got two dogs during that time of the year when Manny was on the Dodgers, and I was able to name one. My sister was able to name one. I chose Manny. Of course, you know, Manny's Dodgers career didn't end too well. Still stuck with the name. What did your sister go with? Clyde. Manny and Clyde are the two brothers. So, there we go. Um, next up on the list is another uh, guy who has played for the Dodgers and is still very heavily involved with the Dodgers, traded from the Red Sox to the Cubs right before the Red Sox won the World Series, and that's Noma. Nomar Garcia Parra. Jesse? Gloves. Because I always hated watching him take 18 years to just do his glove routine 17,000 times and then get up like, yo, like in between every pitch, what are we doing? Come on. My word for Nomar is going to be... Uh, no ma. That's really I, like I just love saying it. Nothing better than hearing Bostonian just no ma. You know now it's really a train. You know it's, it's moving to the the Pedroia. You know Pedroia lives at the park. Yeah. You fucking love Dustin. He eats. He sleeps. He breathes baseball. No ma was he was when we were growing up. Three short stops you could like a Rod Jeter. No Mar. I was a no Mar guy through and through. Uh, I'll stick with him. I uh, love that he's on the broadcast now. Would prefer him to hear oral most times. Just gonna say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> very good. Very good. Now I told you guys early in the podcast that we we're gonna be getting back to this guy, and uh, this is a little before our times as baseball fans. But he was around in our early days of baseball fans. Traded from the A's to the Cardinals, and it's Big Mac Mark McGuire. Yeah. He's for, back in the podcast. That's a full foreshadowing on the show mm. here. Um, I'm gonna go forearms because uh, I don't think. They're, I can never remember a baseball player with, like, just such disproportionate body parts. <laughs> There's, like, this famous photo of him standing next to Jeff Bagwell, and he looks like he's standing next to a, like, little leaguer. And so, it, it, you know, obviously, we know how he got that big, mm-hmm. but I'll just never forget that that part of the baseball era in my life. It's just him and Sammy Sosa battling it out, and just his huge fucking forearms. I'm going to go with necessary. For two reasons. Mm-hmm. One, because he was necessary for baseball. Yeah. This dude, him and Sammy Sosa brought everything back in along with he who must not be named. Mm-hmm. Um, and my second reason for necessary is because he's like one of my next three necessary jerseys that I need. I need that A's McGuire jersey. That's a fire play. Yeah. Maybe so. you get that one, I'll get the Conseco one. Ooh. Bad bros. Rock it out, out there. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be pretty on board for that. Very good. Moving on now to a guy who's still in the league. Um, he was traded in 2008 to the Brewers for half a year, but helped them get to the playoffs, I believe, that year. And we've been talking about Bartolo Colon, some bigger pitchers, and this is one of the bigger pitchers in the league, and that's CeCe Sabathia. Mm. Sideways. Because of the hat. Mm. That's the first thing I think of when I think of CeCe all the time. I love it. I was one of the first people. I think it was the first person. I mean, I know uh, Rodney does it now if you mm-hmm. Rodney, but... CC was the legend at that, and I never really loved him or liked him really, but I always loved the hat. I it was a solid play. Yeah, I'm gonna go uh, Valley Joe. You know, he's from Vallejo. He's from the Bay Area, California guy. Another California guy in the big leagues. Three sport athlete when he was in high school, which is kind of hard to imagine. I'm gonna assume football. Now. Football, baseball, basketball. It was pretty close to all state in all three, if not mistaken. So people forget how much of an athlete CC Sabathia is, and you know he's a bigger guy now, but I think it shows how well he can still pitch. I mean, he's got the third lowest ERA in the last two months in MLB right now. 
So uh, I, I always fucked with CeCe Sabathia. And the same thing, I love the hat, the style. You know, he was a... Jordan cleats. Yeah, exactly. Just a different, you know, something baseball needs always, I think. Yeah. And I'm glad that he's part of the game and is a, a good dude. He may be a good dude, but this next guy is quite the opposite of a good dude. I'm excited I to thought hear. it was baseball. Draymond Green? <laughs> anyway. Nice one. Hamhorn, anybody? Boom. It's all It's like kind of far. Yeah, so this guy's not a very good dude, so I'm excited to hear what you guys have to say about him. He was traded to the Diamondbacks in 2000, and uh, wow, he's had some interesting stuff going on really recently. It's I Kurt Schilling. Yeah. Okay. Wow. I'll go first. You go. Fuckhead. Yeah, I hate Kurt Schilling. Kurt Schilling is the worst thing to happen in baseball in the last 20 years. Awful person. Terrible person. Big piece of shit. Um, probably one of the worst disgraces of the game in our entire lifetime. Kurt Schilling, I'm glad he's no longer part of baseball. I'm glad he's no longer on any telecast. He does not ever deserve to be back in a stadium because of the way he's acted. Tell us how you really feel. I'm going to say, I'm just going to say my word because that was enough. Slap dick. Yeah. And then quote, quote everything so quote just said. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Can't really argue with you guys there on that one. And that's going to be it. That's the MLB trade deadline special for the Players Lounge. And we'll get back with you guys real quick. Before, before they can hear you. And now it's time for the fast food flavor. Fast food flavor. Fast food flavor. Fine. What's on the menu today? Alright, so this one just kind of irked me. Nothing specific on the menu. Yep, yep. Um, a guy named Mark Halperin, I don't know who he is, tweeted, quote, Name a better U.S. hamburger than at In-N-Out Burger. And I personally can't. Nope. Whataburger came in with, quote, Whataburger and it's not close. My issue is not that they think that their burger is better than In-N-Out's, which is wrong in, in general. Um, and this is the first time I want to talk about this because this is the first time I've been able to really talk about I don't talk about In-N-Out much because it's just so obvious that it's the best fast food restaurant in America, in the world. Yeah. So I don't feel the need to talk about it. Um, so I want to talk about it today. All you Whataburger fans, you played yourself. Whataburger, you played yourself even harder. Retweet somebody else who said that. Yeah. Don't tweet it from your own account saying Whataburger and it's not close. My G, you messed up. Don't come in here with that trash. Like, let like you can't just say your own fast food establishment is better than In-N-Out from your own Twitter. It just doesn't make sense. Retweet other people who are giving the same opinion as you. You look stupid. You look desperate when you tweet that out from your own account. You're not as funny as the Wendy's account. You're not as funny as the Denny's account. Don't get it twisted. Get out of here. Yeah, you really, you know, when it comes down to these type of tweets, you got to just check the ratio. I feel like, you know, and if you got more replies, then you got retweets. They're trying so hard. You even look at the yeah. thread on that You're not tweet, doing well. yeah. and they're just responding I'm, to everybody I'm bringing with it up. these terrible... Like little and they literally one just try to know, What should I get from Wendy's? Directions to Whataburger. That's a that's a straight Wendy's joke. That's a that's a, a stolen tweet. It's a embarrassing. Whataburger is yeah. playing themselves so hard. They're trying so hard. They're so desperate to be in the same realm as In and Out, and you never will be. And I've never had your burger. I will at some point because I have to do it for my own self. Exactly. But you're not you're not close. Just five straight minutes of fuming straight from Kurt Schilling into Whataburger. It's a lot of anger. Yeah. When you're gonna play yourself that hard, yeah. you need to be called out for it. Yeah, do you really do? Well, that's been fast food flavor. Fast food flavor. Fast food flavor. We have reached the end of the show, ladies and gentlemen, where we do our super hot, interesting takes or shout-outs. Today we have all three of us with a shout-out, which hasn't happened in quite some time, so we're very excited about it. I will start it off. 
And since we are on LA Podcast, uh, we have to give a shout out to a man named John Kundla. And I don't know if that's, I'm pronouncing it right, Kundla or Kundla. Careful, careful. But, uh, you're, talk, you're the one talking here. <laughs> you're telling this us to be careful. Shout out. This is your shout out. Um, but this guy died. Uh, he was 101 years old. <laughs> oh my god. This is a train wreck, Nick. I'm not leading into this as well as it should have, because he deserves more uh, dignity than that. He was a Hall of Fame Lakers coach during the Minneapolis Lakers time. Oh, all right, yeah. 101 years old, led the Lakers to five championships with George Mikan at center, one of the first dynasties of the NBA of any pro sports. He is he was the oldest living Hall of Famer in any of the major four pro sports. Uh, John Kundla, I'm going to say it, uh, 101 Lakers coach, legendary, rest in peace to John. Man, the, the wording, you know, I, I'm 100% with you on the shout-out. The wording was just... Wasn't my best shout First of all, we were, you know, struggle through the name, and then to come back with... Shout-out, well, he's dead. this guy died. Man, that was tough. That was tough. That was um, tough. Moving on, I have a shout-out as well. Um, earlier, I shouted out Young Thug for a surprisingly good album uh, on the podcast, and this is another album that I was surprised by. Uh, the Tyler the Creator album. I've always been a fan of him as a person. I've always thought he's very funny. I've enjoyed his antics, his shows, the things that he do. He also has a new show coming out on Viceland on August third called Nuts and Bolts. I'm excited for that. Um, but this is the first Tyler Creator project I've ever enjoyed. Uh, called Flower Boy, out right now. Who Dat Boy is one of my standout tracks on it right now. Uh, it's it's very nice. It feels kind of like a Frank album. But with just Tyler on everything, which was cool. I don't know. I really enjoyed it. So shout out to you, Tyler the Creator. Shout out Meek Mill as well, coming out with a fire album. If you are one of those people who can't listen to Meek Mill because of the Drake thing, you played yourself. Very good album. Meek Mill is coming back with it. Yeah, I got two. Uh, one more serious note, obviously. Last night, if you were watching the game, you saw the debut for uh, Edward Paredes. Uh, and this guy, 30-year-old rookie in MLB now, uh, bounced around... In between independent leagues, a couple different organizations, so I just always love that. Shout out Edward, got the win in the game last night too, although the Nick and I will both tell you that that stat doesn't matter for shit. Mm-hmm. Very nice little notch uh, on the game ball there, you know? Uh, secondly, in the animal world, as you guys know, I'm a big animal lover, big animal fan. We've discussed this a lot. Uh, <laughs> I'm excited about I just this. Saw this on tw- <laughs> I just saw this on Twitter the other day. It was pretty funny. But uh, the, the the world's oldest manatee passed away yesterday. His name, <laughs> his name is Snooty. Uh, turned 69 and died the next day. Nice. Yeah, nice. nice. Anyway, shout out uh, Snooty. Uh, shout out, you know. I think the way we word things when, when someone's passed away here, mm-hmm. though, is shout out Snooty, this guy died. I think that's how we. <laughs> Nick that UMG. That's how yeah. Nick's gonna go up to Snooty's funeral. Hey, this is Snooty's funeral, he's dead. This guy died, so. Yeah, dead. Nice. Good guy, though. Yeah. Um, yeah, so just shout out those two, you know. I had I had some other shout outs, I can't really remember. They'll come back to me. Oh, yeah, Peter Miller, my buddy uh, and roommate, not only is he getting married now, he's going to be having a baby in six months. Pete? Pete is going to be a father. Wait, yeah. I didn't even know he was getting married. Yeah, Pete. Oh, I, I oh Pete, Pete, oh, Pete, Pete yeah, Pete, Pete Miller. Pete Miller. Peter Miller is getting, getting married. We already knew that. Uh, this is a quick Peter Miller update in the shout-outs. And now also, uh, his fiance is pregnant. So Man. Peter is going to be having a baby boy. Gang, gang, Pete. Um, you got to like the jeans there. His fiance was the Big West player of the year in softball or something. 
Pete, obviously a primetime baseball player. Yeah. So uh, I have a feeling that kid is going to be good at baseball yeah. or softball, whatever he or she decides it's to play. A, it's a, oh yeah, you know we don't assume genders here. Uh, it was a boy, I've been told, but you never really know. You never really know in 2017. Yeah, that's facts. Anyway, folks, thank you again for joining us for our Jordan. Shout out Pete! Congratulations. Shout out Pete. Jordan Year, you said it was 23 episodes. This is our 23rd. Speaking of Jordan Year, just a quick little shout out to my sister Kimberly who turned hey, 23. Kim, Kim. Shout out Kim. Uh, Kim. Jordan Jordan out of the mix. So, just want to say shout out to Kim. Uh, great gene party this past weekend. Also, uh, thank you so much for. This is to everyone out there. Thank you so much for listening to us through 23 episodes. Yeah, absolutely. We appreciate the fans. Everyone who's listening, you know, we can uh, check in all our, our viewership so we know who's listening. And, and I got to say, you know, it doesn't matter how many views there are on there, just as long as there are a couple, it's always great to see. You know, yeah. and I appreciate everyone that listens. Um, so that's going to be it for this week. Don't get too high on your high horse. Still fuck you guys. Keep it together, okay? Uh, but we'll see you next week, okay? <laughs> <laughs>